It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. In the Bhagavad Gita, in chapter 16, you've heard me talk about this a lot. In fact, it is the first, third portion of the new book, An Essential Guide to Kriya Yoga Practice, where I discuss the first verse in chapter 16 of the Bhagavad Gita. And this is where Krishna discusses one who is born to a divine destiny. One who is born to a divine destiny. And he lists about 26 different qualities. And those qualities are indicative of one who is spiritually awake, is spiritually mature, but they are also qualities that we cultivate because they're like pieces of a puzzle. And as we put those qualities together and we learn to embody them, then we recognize our divine nature. It becomes clear to us. And we have to remember that the practice of Kriya Yoga itself is not said to create anything, to make anything happen, to make us more spiritual. What the process of Kriya Yoga is doing is removing the obstacles, removing the blocks that prevent us from seeing the truth of our spiritual nature. Now, I've talked a good bit about these qualities. Um, again, not only in that book, An Essential Guide to Kriya Yoga Practice, but also in other videos and other lectures, even on this podcast. Um, the podcast of uh, the Kriya Yoga Podcast. But the first one is the most important one. And that is the quality of fearlessness. That comes before all the others. And many of the challenges in our life are based upon facing our fears. I've gotten numerous emails and correspondence from people asking, how can I get over my fear? How can I get over my fear of losing myself in meditation? How can I get over my fear of making the changes that are required in order for me to attend to my spiritual practice better? How can I get over my fears that are holding me back from living a purposeful, fulfilling life? All based on fear, these questions. And they're asking, at least it seems to me, as though maybe I have an idea, or maybe I learned it from Mr. Davis, who learned it from Yogananda, some special way to overcome this fear. And I don't have a special way to overcome this fear, other than to walk through the fear. 
that has been a lesson that I've learned again and again, and I'm sure it's pretty much how everyone learns how to get over fear. You identify that which you find to be fearful or causing fear or making you fearful, I should say. And you know that you either have to walk towards it, walk through it, face it. You have to do something about it. But you don't want to because you want to get rid of the fear before you move forward. When really the way you get through the fear is by moving forward. Using an example of jumping off of a cliff into an ocean or into a deep pool of water. People have been doing it for hundreds of years. You go on your vacation, you see it happening. You see people having a good time running and jumping off of the cliff and landing in the water and laughing and having a good time once they get all wet in the pool of water below. But you're afraid of heights and you're afraid of jumping. You've seen hundreds of people do it. You know nothing's going to happen, more than likely. But you still have the fear and you want someone to... Get rid of the fear so you can just jump. When really, probably what you have to do is just say, I feel the fear. It's here. I've got it. Okay. Well, it's a feeling I have. What can I do about it? Not a whole lot at the moment. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to admit that I have the fear. And now I'm going to run forward and jump off that cliff and scream my lungs out until I hit the water and then you land and you're in the water and you're having a good time with all of your friends and the other people there and you realize you survived and it was fun. And so next time you go up and you don't have the fear anymore. Why? Because you, you ran through the experience. You learned firsthand that it's okay. And then it's gone. The same is true with our spiritual life. One of the biggest causes of failure, if you want to look at it that way, or one of the, we'll say, obstacles to spiritual realization is mistakenly believing that you are a small little person rather than the infinite spirit which you actually are. And so when it comes time to meditate, you, you've learned how to meditate well, and you're actually pretty good at it. But now there is a sense of needing to go deeper, or there is a call to go deeper. And there is a fear there, because you know in order to go deeper, you actually really do need to let go of who you think you are, your name, your personality, your likes, your dislikes, your joys, your sorrows, your memories. You have to let those things go for a little while. And there is a fear of letting them go because, well, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to come back to it. And I really like this for some odd reason. So there's that fear of letting go of these things. Every now and then you might have an experience where you just naturally break through and you come back out and you say, well, well, I let go of all that stuff. I wasn't aware of it for a little while. And I see, well, I survived. It's okay. And I had a very, good spiritual experience in my meditation. So sometimes that happens. But for many people, they come up against the fear again and again and again. And they never just walk through it. And so when it comes to your meditation and your spiritual practice, when you recognize a fear like that, or when you recognize 
we'll, we'll stick with fear first, then we'll move on. But when you recognize a fear like that, what do you have to do? You have to admit, I am afraid. I'm afraid of letting this go. I'm afraid of not coming back to who I, who I uh, think I am. And then you can admit, there are other people who have done this. There are other people who have successfully gone deep into meditation, and they're still able to live out their life as a individualized unit of the infinite consciousness for the duration that their body exists, and it's fine. So you admit your fear. You admit that other people have come up against this. And so what you have to do is find a way to say, okay, that's fine. So I'm afraid. I don't care. I'm going to go through it. And you step forward. And how you do that is unique to you. I can't tell you um, how to step forward. I can't tell you how to address or face the particular fear um, that is causing you this difficulty. You have to find a way through it. One thing that I do to find a way through it, or when I was finding a way through it, was simply to think about who I thought I was. Okay, my name is Ryan. I have this kind of body. This body feels this way often. I have these likes. I like these things. I like this kind of food. I enjoy this experience. I have these dislikes. I don't like these things. These things bother me. These, I, I would, I would, uh, identify these people are my friends. These are the people I don't get along so well with. These are the things I want to accomplish. These are the things I'm afraid of failing at. These are the memories that I have. These are the traumas that, that disturbed me. These are the joys that I look back on fondly. I would go through and I would essentially label and point out everything that I thought made me me. Right down to the general feeling I have every day. The, the underlying current of, of, of emotional, um, current that I have every day. And then I would say, well, I let that go for now. I'm going to forget about my friends. I'm going to forget about the things I think I have to do later. I'm going to forget about the things that make me feel anxious or happy. I forget about the things that make me angry. I forget about the reasons that I don't believe I can be spiritually awake and clear. I'm going to forget about all that stuff. And, and I would just consciously choose to let it go to just let it go as though I was casting it off for a little while. And I would go through every little thing that came up until there was nothing there left except for that witnessing presence that observes life happening, that was there when the dreams were passing, that was there in the difficulty, that was there in the joy, that was there when I was barely awake, that was there when I was dull or when I was eating breakfast. I would, I would, I would focus upon that witnessing presence which was always there, which was not dependent upon the name, the form, the states of consciousness. And that would help me move into it. So that's something maybe you can do to help gain access to that state. But you have to consciously, and sometimes it takes force, sometimes they're, they're so persistent, these ideas keep coming back in, you have to say, no, I'm not that. And you, you just kind of put your foot down inside. And you push it away. And you might have to do that a lot until you get the idea. And then you learn to abide in that space that exists without all of these conditions, without all of these concepts. And you become comfortable there. And you recognize, oh, I still exist. And you might be able to even look back upon your life 
and see friends that aren't there anymore, or see situations that aren't there anymore, or see circumstances that aren't there anymore, and realize, well, they're not there anymore, but I'm still here. So you begin to kind of recognize that aspect of yourself, which is eternal beyond all of the changes. And if you can give yourself permission a little at a time, day by day, meditation by meditation, to feel that out, eventually you work through that fear. Eventually you work through that fear. The more we recognize what we are beyond the concepts and the name and the form, that fear naturally falls away. And sometimes we have to face it. We have to go into it. We have to meticulously address it, explore it in order for it to go away. It doesn't go away by the wave of someone's hand, or it doesn't go away by stimulating a particular chakra perfectly. Uh, it doesn't go away with these magical things. It goes away because of experience. It goes away because of experience just living life. It goes away because of uh, experience you have in meditation, but it, it's the experience that allows it to dissolve. So if there is fear there, rather than being troubled by it, just acknowledge it. It's natural. Of course it's there. It's something for you to look at, to overcome, to move through. And when you learn how to move through it in one situation, you learn to move through it in other situations too. So if you're afraid of one thing and you learn how to move through fear in this situation, you also learn how to move through fear in these other situations because it applies across the board, the same principles. Now, one other thing that people have as an issue is they don't want to change their lives to support their spiritual practice. They want to remain as they are rather than do what needs to be done to actually realize spiritual principles or to actually recognize the truth of their innate nature as spirit. They want to hold on to relationships which are uh, codependent. They want to hold on to situations just because they're comfortable. They want to maintain a certain uh, kind of personality because everyone likes that personality that they know. They're not willing to let go of these things to see, well, what's the possibility if I let go of them and grow into something else? So there can also be a fear of, of, of doing what one needs to do, spiritually speaking, because of attachment. Attachment to who you think you are, attachment to how other people view you, attachment to comfort. And in order to really wake up, spiritually speaking, we have to move through those attachments. We have to move through that fear. Otherwise, we will just stay as we are with just a little more philosophical insight, probably. And this is the reason so many people don't really make profound progress, spiritually speaking, because what they want to do is stay their unique little personality as they like it and practice meditation and talk about the Yoga Sutras or yogic principles rather than undertaking that, that effort to live in accord with those qualities that we described from the Bhagavad Gita, uh, the 26 qualities at the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, rather than live in that way, they want to stay as they are. So not only is there a fear of letting go of our, our small sense of self and meditation, which we have to grow through, there can also be a fear of change, of doing what we know we need to do. And this was something that Mr. Davis addressed often. He would say that one of the biggest obstacles, other than a mistaken sense of self, is just simply not doing what we know we need to do. 
And referring again to that book, An Essential Guide to Kriya Yoga Practice. Well, in that book, at the very beginning, we discuss the yamas and the niyamas from the Yoga Sutras. We discuss uh, the 26 qualities that lead to a divine destiny. Well, why, are, why do we discuss those? Why are those so important? Because in order to fully manifest, recognize the truth of your being, you have to be comfortable with those qualities. You have to be able to embody and live those qualities. And that means you have to confront and address the reasons that get in your way of engaging those qualities. And once you do that, your meditation begins to become more dynamic, more alive, more spiritually enlivening. Your life becomes, it feels as though it's, it's in greater harmony with the wholeness of everything. Because you are, in a sense, vibrating and resonating at a different level. And in order to vibrate and resonate at a different level, you can't stay the way you are if the way you are does not easily embody these qualities. If the way you are doesn't allow you to meditate well, deeply, alertly, dynamically. So the fears that we have to face aren't simply the inner fear of letting go of the the small sense of self. It's also a fear of change. And as long as we are in this world, there's going to be change. Things come together, things fall apart. Things come together, things fall apart. That just happens all the time in every situation. Sometimes situations are so long, it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. But one way or the other, that's what's going to happen. And this is why yoga is so important, because it's directing you to that timeless essence, which doesn't change that observes all of the change, that is beyond all of the change. And in order to appreciate that, we have to address this fear. Otherwise, we're never going to give ourselves permission to do what it takes to step beyond the fear or to challenge the fear or see that fear is just something that happens and you deal with it and you move on rather than something that's crippling, that prevents you from doing what you need to do. So ultimately, we have to face this fear We do have the support of our spiritual tradition, of our spiritual teachers, of those who have come before us, because they have faced these things too and walked through them. They have shown us the possibility, the potential. We still have to do it for ourselves, though. But we know that it is possible because we we have seen these people. We have possibly, hopefully, interacted with these people, or we have read their writings. We have been inspired by them. So taking a look at this fear is very important. Acknowledging that it is natural. Fear is natural. Even the the visceral response of the body to certain situations, even when you've overcome fear, your body still might release the chemicals that allow you to temporarily feel fear. Because in certain situations, it is appropriate to feel fear because it's giving you information so that you can respond again appropriately. It's when we become defined by that fear or crippled by that fear or that fear becomes a persistent theme in our life that it's actually a problem. And if it is, no big deal. We look at it. We find a way through it. We can use the examples of those who've come before and try to do what they have done. If that doesn't work, we can look into our own personal situation and say, what do I need to do to get through this fear? We can try to work through it on our own. And many times you're successful. 
There have been many things in my life that I've been afraid of that I didn't need to go talk to a counselor or a psychologist about. All I needed to do was say, yes, I'm afraid. I'm going to go do it anyway. And I did it enough. I had the experience enough times that the fear went away. If that doesn't work, well then yes, it might be tied to other uh, memories or persistent deeper conditioning that either you're not aware of or you're not able to access and you need some assistance in that regard. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's going to help you spiritually speaking rather than continuing to live with it and never dig it up. Sometimes you need some help from a counselor or someone trained in that area to help you look at it, attend to it, dig it up and release it. Ultimately, you're still going to have to walk through it though. So to be a yogi is to be fearless. Or I should say to be a yogi is to not be defined by fear. You can appreciate the value of fear. Um, There's even a great book called The Gift of Fear. And in that book, it describes how fear is very useful. That if we learn to listen, if we, if we were not so conditioned by, um, sort of a, a, these neurotic patterns that are they're common in our society and in our culture, if we were not so conditioned by them, fear would be very useful. Because if you are clear and you're able to experience fear in a clear way, then you're able to get the message of fear. Because sometimes it's appropriate to, to have that sense of fear, to know, no, don't go there. You, you, your mind, your conscious mind not, might not even be able to process the why, but you learn to trust it and then you miss uh, a difficult event. So fear is very, is a gift when it's healthy fear. When it's healthy fear. And part of our, our path, both as a normal human being and spiritually speaking, is to grow through that fear and learn to recognize healthy fear and not be defined by or overcome by fear. So reflect upon these things. And begin to contemplate and ask yourself, what is it that I am afraid of? If this is an issue for you, what is it that I'm really afraid of? And then if you can't work it out and face it for yourself, come up with a plan. Find a way through it. Ask for help if you need it. Find help if you need it. But you can get through the fear. And once you get through the fear, then you have, you have learned to move through or you've learned to embody that prime divine quality of fearlessness, which is listed in the Bhagavad Gita in chapter 16. And from fearlessness, then it's easy to practice truthfulness. From fearlessness, it's easy to practice non-attachment. From fearlessness, it's easy to practice uh, freedom from pride or freedom from malice. Why? Because the reason that you don't tell the truth is because you're afraid of something. The reason that you you still have attachments because you're afraid to let go of things. The reason that you have this excessive pride is because you're afraid to let go of celebrating this small sense of self. Just about everything that is a problem comes from this root of fear in a way. Well, actually, there's the the false sense of self and then there's fear. So once you get through the fear, then you begin to look at this false sense of self. But you can do these things all at the same time because they synergistically work together. Let this be 
if it's important to you, if it's, if it's part of your life right now, let this be something that inspires your meditations. Not to depress you, not to get you in a uh, neurotic whirlwind of unreconcilable thoughts, but just to step back and, and look at the possibility of fear in your life and how you can move through that fear, spiritually speaking, but also in those areas of your life where fear dictates your possibilities and your opportunities. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.